This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Majid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. The Blue Cliff Records, Case 43. A monk asked Tozan, Cold and heat come. How can we avoid them? Tozan said, Why don't you go to the place where there is neither cold or heat? What is the place where there is neither cold nor heat? The monk asked. Tozan said, When it's cold, kill yourself with cold. When it's hot, kill yourself with heat. This case, I'm sure, is very familiar to uh, most of you. In fact, the concluding lines of the monk letting himself be killed by the cold and the heat becomes something of a Zen cliché. And I'm sorry if it seems that I'm revisiting a story that's been told all too often. But I thought it was particularly appropriate on this day of remembrance for 9-11 because it goes to the heart of the matter of what practice does or doesn't do for us in the midst of adversity. The monk asks, how can I escape cold and heat when they come? Cold and heat here can stand in for all the vicissitudes of life that feel out of our control. They can be internal in the sense of being our anger or our desires, our thoughts or our feelings that sometimes seem to sweep over us. We may feel that there are all these internal waves that simply come and go beyond our control. What are we supposed to do about them? Can we go to a place that is free of thought, emotion, attachment. 
Or as I said in my opening remarks this morning, our life unfolds within history and is shaped by history. And history brings with it war and strife and poverty and uncertainty. Is there a place we can go where none of these will intrude? Tozan's initial question back to the monk, why don't you go to the place where there's neither heat nor cold, goes directly to the heart of our basic curative fantasy about the nature of practice that will provide us with some kind of refuge from all of these, however we define heat or cold. If we think of them in terms of history, it is actually the case that monks throughout the ages were encouraged to go seek out a mountaintop, some distant, far away place, far away from the turmoil of the cities. Find some place where history can't find you where daily life disappears into the routine of the monastery. We could say that in the language of traditional Chinese or Japanese Buddhism, history or politics was treated like the weather. It was this thing that swept over you and you did your best to get out of the way, to protect yourself or shield yourself from it. It's not an area where anyone had any agency. You could no more control the actions of the emperor or the warlords than you could the coming of the snow or the rain. So you sought shelter. You just tried to get out of the way as best you can. It was always Joko's contention that we should practice in the midst of our daily life. And particularly that meant for her in the midst of city life. People often uh, said uh, once the center had gotten large and somewhat prosperous, why don't we get a a retreat center out in the country. All, the, all these different groups have these beautiful places off in the country. It's quiet, it's serene. Why don't we do that? She, she always refused. She said, no, we need to stay right here in the midst of the noise and the confusion. And her training in LA 
was at the Zen Center, which was in the midst of a neighborhood that uh, was often uh, pretty rough and scary. I seem to remember her telling a story about being Jikido for a sitting in LA and she starts hearing gunfire outside the door in the neighborhood. And then all of a sudden the door is thrown open and some young kid with a gun runs into the middle of the Zendo. And she looked up and said, you can't come in here with your shoes on. And the kid looked down and was embarrassed and immediately ran out. <laughs> the power of religion. <laughs> but certainly the Zendo in San Diego and our Zendo on West 74th Street sit right in the middle of the city with all its sounds, noises, so-called intrusions. Those are life. Right? I think, however, too often when we hear this koan, people rush to the end where it says, monk should let the heat kill him, let the cold kill him. And kill here means be completely not separate from the heat or cold. Let these conditions kill off your resistance, yourself as a barrier between life as it is and how you wish it would be. Let these things simply overwhelm you or become completely transparent to them. And you could say that the traditional model of Sashin always was to simply just overwhelm you with what was happening. Get you up early in the morning, sit all day, hour after hour after hour, just responding to the bell walking, sitting, walking, sitting, until you just gave in to the exhaustion. You gave in to the pain. You gave in to just what was going to be next. Unfortunately, people being what they are, they learn to get good at that. They learn to master it. And so Sashin's, rather than an opportunity for surrender, too often became an opportunity to cultivate endurance or mastery or toughness. I'll be able to endure anything. I'll sit through anything. Just there is there to make me stronger, not more transparent. 
but more invulnerable. And likewise, in our sitting itself, how many of us, you know, in truth, try to cultivate some inner state of samadhi? an inner peace or quiet or concentration or blankness that our thoughts and feelings can't penetrate. That we try to go to a place where there's neither heat or cold, a place where there's none of that disturbing thinking or feeling or vulnerability that give rise to the suffering of our everyday lives. See, I think we have to take Tozan's question very seriously. It's the basis of our practice. We have to really be honest with ourselves to the extent to which we seek to turn practice into some sort of refuge some sort of place that will be beyond the things that we feel are giving us trouble. Certainly, for some of us, that means I want a place that's safe and regular and trustworthy and predictable. And again, that means a place that somehow has moved outside the flow of history, a place where all the uncertainties and dangers of life and human existence won't intrude. We will have our safe retreat. At least this part of our life will be safe and predictable. And instead of being transparent to life, our secret practice is to create a, a bubble that will, just for a little while at least, keep life at bay. I don't know anyone who doesn't, at some point or another, harbor that kind of fantasy about practice. I know I certainly have. I want it to be that, that place of quiet and security that I can go to. And there certainly is a level of practice in which that's unobjectionable and something we should be able to wish for and count on to have a trustworthy teacher, to have a sangha full of supportive friends in which you can let your guard down, feel secure in their presence, feel supported in the effort of your practice. We want a place we can come to that will be quiet and reliable, and in one way or another, all those things are fine and good. We should have them. 
But at another level, they're always going to be brittle, vulnerable, and subject to impermanence. History will break in. Old age and sickness will break in. Personal relationships will break in. Sometimes, like Joko, you can yell back at them and say, you can't come in here with your shoes on. And you can scare them off for a while. But ultimately, we have to be able to practice outside as well as inside. We have to allow ourselves to be the children of history, of our time and place. And know that we're, our practice is not going to shield us or protect us for, forever from what's happening. 20 years ago, it was 9-11. This year, it's been fire and rain and storms. Is our practice going to protect us from those? Is there a place we can go that will be free from climate change? We hope the Zendo won't flood. We'll keep the air conditioning on as long as we can. But one way or another, all those things will become part of the new reality that we're going to have to practice with and in the midst of. But I think the lesson Joko taught us was that in order to truly practice with them, we first have to be honest about and confront how deeply we are committed in our practice to trying to escape them. How much we wish to find that place beyond heat or cold. <laughs>